You're listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast for drivers who want to be calm and confident on the road. We will be sharing tips, stories and advice to beat driving nerves and anxiety and build your driving confidence. Whether you are just starting out as a learner or have had your driving license for years, if you want to transform how you feel about driving, this podcast is for you. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about sat-nav stories. And so it's only right that our first guest is Glenn, one of our friends, who actually this was his idea for a podcast episode. It was. It? it was. And obviously we've heard the story. We have. And it's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to get off to a good start. Yeah, I think. definitely. So Glenn. Over to you. Tell us your sat-nav story. Well, firstly, thanks for inviting me on and giving me the opportunity to share a couple, couple of my experiences. Um, <laughs> oh, a couple. A couple, yeah. So I've not driven down a guided busway yet. I have put in an incorrect postcode, ended up on the middle of an industrial estate. But I would like to share a couple of incidents, one very recently whilst I was uh, having a weekend away in Nottingham. The other one several years ago back in, in Cornwall. So firstly, my incident in Nottingham. So as, as a driver, there is so much to observe when driving in a major city. In addition to operating the vehicle itself, increased traffic, volume of pedestrians, busways, one-way streets, increased volume of traffic signs. They have trams in Nottingham as well. And the weather. The weather was appalling when we went. But with the help of SatNav, we managed to locate the hotel and the multi-storey car park relatively easy. Only for me to take the wrong turn ending up in what appeared to be the service entrance for one of the mainstream shops, where the security guard in his high-vis jacket helped me reverse out back into the main road and redirect me into the next correct turning. In the sat-nav's defence, it was probably driver error. There was a car block in the correct entrance, and when I mounted the curb, I had a feeling this couldn't be the right way. But I still had the cheek to pull the window down and ask, was this the multi-storey car park? I guess the lessons learned here was just being extra vigilant, although sat-navs appear to have pinpoint accuracy, you as a driver will still need to take responsibility. So I don't know if that's a a starter. That's a very honest one. I quite quite like that, being very honest, because I think most people would say, is this it? I just drive down it anyway and then get onto a loading bay or something <laughs> like that. It's like, this is a strange hotel. But You I mean, did well. Uh, yeah, it, it's obviously nervy. Okay, I'd like to think I'm quite an experienced uh, driver, but when you're in a city centre, there's so much happening. You, you can't always blame it on the sat-nav. So in this instance, I'll, I'll put it down to driver error. Um, and yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll hold my hand up. Well, I'm here going to say... Yes, Nottingham City Centre, I've got lost as well. So it, it's not the easiest city centres. It's not the most straightforward. And uh, Luke and I got lost when we were trying to find a hotel and we ended up going round a couple of times. And, yeah, we had a few incidents that time. So, yeah, I'm with you on Nottingham, definitely. But you mentioned loads of things there, like loads more signs, the weather, and that all comes into play, doesn't it? Did you find the sat-nav was just, like, added to the pressure as well? It does. If if you're rigid and follow the sat-nav to everything it tells you to do, you could make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You have to take into consideration everything else that's going on. So I think that's the yeah. problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is the problem. And that comes out as a 
theme through some of these stories, actually, that, yeah, so, so sound helps are brilliant, but it is really important to um, go a bit old mm. school at the same time. Yeah, definitely. So you, you said you got another story, Claire. This was many years ago. When, when, when sat-navs first come out, I guess like many married couples, uh, you have your differences in relationship. We had heated discussions in the car, but they only, they only appeared to take place while I was driving and frequently due to me taking the wrong turns. I must admit, I'm not one for stopping and asking directions. So before sat-navs were installed as a standard product in cars or available as a guidance on modern day phones, we took the option to purchase a bolt-on system. Overnight, it seemed to stop any directional discussions. There was no need for us to challenge ourselves on, is it the left? Is it the next right? Or have I took the wrong turn? It gave an accurate time we would reach the end destination, which at the, at the time was cutting technology. Driving became more enjoyable. There was no need to plan the journey. You just got in the car and drove. Our only heated discussion were when we ganged up on the sat-nav for not taking the easiest of routes, or on one occasion when we ended up on an industrial estate, which I previously mentioned. Both occasions, it was probably down to me for not downloading the latest software or plugging in the correct destinations. Anyway, so our most memorable sat-nav incident was on a journey through Cornwall. The weather was good. The end destination was set. We were heading through the countryside following the, the directions with minimal fuss, admiring the beautiful scenic views and the narrow winding roads. Turn right, then take the second exit. Keep to the right and take the next left. The voiceover was concise and clear. We opted for the relaxed, calm, in-control female voice rather than the John Cleese option, which was available. So now take the second right and turn left. Now take the ferry. At this point, we looked at each other and both repeated the phrase. Now take the ferry. Not knowing Cornwall that well, straight, straight away I had visions of ending up in France in four hours' time. At this point, I was panicking. The road was clear ahead. I thought I would turn around at the next safe place. As we navigated the bend, I joined the flow of traffic awaiting to board the ferry. There was around 20 vehicles in front of me. I was always told to look for a plan B when you're driving and be aware of your surroundings. In the event, you have to make an unexpected sudden movement in a safe, controlled manner. So today was no exception. I could see the hatched area was empty in front of me. There was no oncoming traffic. My plan was to overtake the stationary vehicles in a safe manner. Get to the hatched area, turn around, and find another way to my destination. I pulled out, made my way down to the hatched area. As I overtook the vehicle's queuing, I could see a major fault in my plan. The ferry had arrived. The gates were opening, <laughs> allowing the cars to embark. I made it to the hatched area, but was stuck. I couldn't turn around. I had no option other than to get on the ferry. What made it worse is not only had I jumped the traffic queue, making my way to the front, I still didn't have a clue where I was going. Luckily, it was just a short ride across the estuary. We got a few strange looks whilst on board, but nothing serious. I guess the lesson learned is to be aware of your surroundings, your route, and always take note of the relevant road signs on your journey. <laughs> I just, when you first told me that, I just had visions of you ending up in France. <laughs> I think my favourite bit is the fact that you were planning to turn around, but ended up Queue jumping, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah, I certainly did. I overtook everyone, queue jumped, and then when we got to the bottom, I couldn't turn around, so I had to get on the ferry. Uh, I was first on the ferry. Well, we had the best view, but... <laughs> but it was only cutting across Cornwall. Uh, it was my first time in Cornwall, I think. So I think that the message there is 
just listen to Sharon when you're driving. I think that's, you know, you just... <laughs> I, I can't comment. Yeah, I can't comment. Yeah. And of course, this was the early days of SatNav, so they were renowned, weren't they? They weren't good, were they? They were renowned for taking people off in all sorts of weird and wonderful directions. But yeah, probably not taking someone onto a ferry, but that was just a, it was a great story. Yeah, that's brilliant. Lovely. So how do you use SatNav now, though, Glenn? Now you've had all these these experiences, are you more confident with them? And where they're actually going to take you, or so? Yes, I, I'm stuck when I I'm playing cricket and we've got a game in Milton Keynes, and the sat nav in in my wife's car um, doesn't work correctly, um, or it doesn't work at all. So I, I'm normally fine for being late, even though I've played there two or three weeks before. So so if we don't turn up on time, they're they're, they're quick enough to find you. And I must admit, I don't like driving in Milton Keynes without the aid of SatNav. So I think the other thing, the other message there is that despite having some mishaps, you still use the SatNav and on a regular occasion. So don't let it put you off is um, is another message there, isn't it? Mm. I, I would certainly be lost without it now. Love it. Brilliant. Thank you very much for sharing your story. Yeah, it was good. You're welcome. Thanks for letting me come on to your show. And thank you for the idea as well. So next, we're going to talk to Kirsty. So, Kirsty, I'm just going to hand straight over to you to say who you are, what you do, and to tell us your story. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm a travel blogger, um, and I write at a website called Lost in Landmarks. So I do all sorts of travel all over the place, but mostly I chat about um, travel around Britain on that podcast. Although I do have another one that's a bit more driving focused, which is about driving along Route 66, which is called Lost on 66. So, Lost oh, on 66. fantastic. Yeah, oh, that's, so there's, that's, I'll definitely have a look lots, at that. Yeah, there's lots of uh, lost going on here, which is probably quite appropriate for our sat-nav story. So. But yeah, so our funny story with the sat-nav is, so I'm going back a little bit now, but it was when we were traveling in a camper van with our kids and it was quite a large camper van it was um quite wide quite old very very beige camper van and we were traveling around France um and in France there are some wonderful wonderful villages that accept camper vans and they have like car parks that are set up for camper vans to stay overnight and things like that they're called an air um, and we used to have this book that would have lists and lists of all these airs that we could go to in the in the most obscure little French villages. And they would have the GPS coordinates that we would then plot into our sat-nav. And so I did that with this one village that we were going to. And I was just absolutely convinced everything was fine. Absolutely fine. So we're driving along. It wasn't me that was driving, it was my husband, but he's a truck driver. So he's a lot more better with bigger trucks than I am. And so we're driving along and we're just going down this small village road. And he's like, I'm, I'm not sure this is quite right. Are you sure this is right? And I'm like, yeah, because the end site's just at the end of this road. It's fine. And as we're going down the roads get narrower and narrower and narrower and people start to come out of the streets and sort of look at us and go what, what are they doing down here what are they doing down here are they supposed to be come down here and we get to the end of the road the car park is just supposed to be in front of us but unfortunately there is a large river there and we can't get to the car park from that way so yeah I had kind of set it up in a way and like led my husband down this road and then he had to unfortunately reverse all the way 
back through this very, very narrow French village. So we can Which can't be very so easy in a camper van. No, and this is what I was saying. He's a truck driver, so he's kind of a little bit, he's a little bit more better than I am. Like, you know, I'm used to using your middle mirror, but obviously with the camper van, you can't see anything through the back. No. So you just got to use your side mirrors. And he's kind of good with that. So, but he still talks about it now as that I've led him down <laughs> into a river in France. <laughs> So clearly, it wasn't it you, Kirsty. It was the sat nav. <laughs> it is, but it's that thing. You think this, you put it into the sat nav, and you think, oh, well, that's fine. The sat nav says it says it's fine. So you go off, off you yes. go all confident, <laughs> all confident to drive down. And um, yeah, so I'd, I'd love to say that that's the only time that that's happened, but I do that quite often. <laughs> I think you mentioned Cornwall as well, didn't you? When I when I first got in touch yeah. with you, yeah. So I live in Cornwall now. Clearly from my accent, I'm not from Cornwall. Yeah, so we recently moved down to Cornwall and everybody always says, never use your, your sat-nav in Cornwall. Um, and so I had this in my head. Yeah, we won't use sat-nav when we get to Cornwall. And we'd come down just for a bit of a, a recce before we moved. And we were desperate to go to the beach because we lived in a place that was nowhere near a beach. We were just desperate to go to the beach. So we popped it into the sat-nav, didn't think anything of it. And then we're just traveling down these roads. And it's as you sort of go along, you're like, oh my goodness, um, I'm not sure I should be here. You're like, this, this is like a like I'd look at the phone and it would come up with a village coming up. I'm like, oh, it's fine, we're coming to a village. And there'd be one house in that village. And I'm like, this isn't right. It doesn't feel right. And the road just started to get narrower and narrower and narrower. It's just like, I'm not sure if this is good. You my poor husband just sits and drives, and I'm just sat there. <laughs> going um yeah it's fine we're, we're fine I'm sure it's all going to be good and it, we got towards the end of you know we could see on the sat nav that the sea was coming up we were like oh we must be getting there so but we were so high up like we were nowhere near like a car park or anything we were so high up and I was like we we're just going to end up I had visions of us just coming out of the from a cliff somewhere and that's the end of the road <laughs> and, and so yeah and that was like last a couple of years ago it really was very very recent and we do that a lot eventually it turned us around this very very tight bend and we managed to find a the car park where it took, took us to but oh my goodness it was the narrowest of roads <laughs> and I do tell myself always never use the sat nav in Cornwall I still do it sometimes and yeah. it normally goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but normally oh, that's our that's our funny stories are always me thinking I know where we're going and then sending us down some narrow road. So have you got any words of advice, any wise words for our listeners when it comes to sat-navs? Normally, I'm very good, actually, normally, at just checking out sort of the last part of the journey. So I like to look on Google Maps. I'm quite a big sort of, I'm a a planner, and and that makes me feel good if I know where I'm going to end up. So normally that's what I would do. I would check out where the end of the journey is on Google Maps. And that normally helps me. And also if you're, um, you know, just having a good overview of the journey as well is always good. And then it can make you sort of realize, okay, that's a really narrow road. I'm going to go down. That's probably not the best one. Let's go and find another one. Because yeah. that don't really just, and especially in Cornwall, for anybody who ever comes and drives down here, they don't pay attention to the size of the roads. They just send you the quickest way. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which isn't a good one. There's a tractor coming the other way. No, 
Oh, lovely. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. And I love the fact that your blogs are all about getting lost for your travel blogs. I think that's because it just is, if you're going to go places, it's a normal part of life is getting lost. But actually, that's half the of the adventure, isn't it? Yeah, it's the story. It's the adventure. And sometimes you have the best things that happen for when you get lost, isn't it? So it's all, all part yeah. of the adventure. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Kirsty. You're welcome. So this time, I'm delighted to introduce Fenella, who's a member of one of the business groups that I'm in, and she volunteered her sat-nav story for this episode as well. So, Fenella, over to you to introduce who you are, a little bit about what you do, and then dive straight into your sat-nav story. Hi, so thank you, yes. My name is Nella Hemus, and I am a trainer of something called neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy, and hypnosis. So essentially, I train coaches and leaders to um, get better results. NLP is the art of understanding how your mind works to make it work for you. So that's for them to get better results for themselves and for other people. What I also do, though, is I coach and I get people. Uh, to get over their barriers and especially any type of fear, which includes PTSD and phobias. So funnily enough, my um, my SATNAV story did actually start from when I was up in Manchester attending a training weekend for my old trainer. I live down in the South. I'm up there in Manchester and I'm going to go to Sutton Coalfield, which is near Birmingham, north somewhere at Birmingham. And I'm driving, put the SATNAV on to direct me down there. And then I suddenly realise it's going to take me through the M6 toll. Now, you don't have to go through the M6 toll, I know, when you're going down that way. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to pay £6 just for the pleasure of going through a road with just a few cars on it. I'm happy to sit in the middle of the day on a main road. And uh, so what I did was I came off the motorway and went sort of down the road a bit somewhere somewhere near Birmingham and thought, okay, well, I'll plug in the sat-nav again to be able to go on another road. So I plugged in the sat-nav, and because I was a fair way out, I thought, well, it'll probably go another way. No, it took me back to the M6 toll. <laughs> so I'm not having any of that, because I did have a bit of time. Once again, I went off the, off the motorway, offered another turn-off. I think I went in nearly into Birmingham that time. And uh, put the sat-nav in again and uh, thought, okay, well, I'll have another go. And uh, started off on the journey once again. And guess what? There's not going to let me go anywhere else except for the, <laughs> by the M6 toll. So by then, I just kind of really, I was getting really frustrated. Had no idea because I didn't have an old ma- a map in my, my car. And um, so I had no idea how else to use it because I had it on my phone and when you get all confused like that, just my head sort of gets all frazzled and you can't think. So, yes, I have to suck it up and go down through the M6 toll and pay the money. So, yes, that was just so, so infuriating. And that's why I don't really like using the sat-nav a lot of the time, because uh, it takes me ways that I don't actually want to go. And uh, it's not the only time that that's happened. So that's essentially <laughs> it, forcing me to pay money. Oh dear. And it is so frustrating, isn't it? Because when you know that there must be another way as well, of course there's another way. But um, so what would you, if you were doing that journey now, what would you do before starting the journey? I'd take a map. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'd take a map and I'd mark it out on the map because I wouldn't trust the phone because you know when they start and you plug it in and you've got an idea of where you're going to go because I don't really know how to use the sat nav very well or like putting pins in or things like that. So, you know, when you put it in and, and, and then it starts telling you go where, going where to go ways so you, you know you don't want to go anyway, it, it kind of winds you up. Well, it winds me up anyway yeah. when it's telling me to go places that I don't want to go <laughs> and it's not listening to me. All of those things, talking to machines. <laughs> yes, I know. And do, do you talk to your sat-nav as well, Fenella? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I tell it to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And then I go, no, I don't want to go that way. Be quiet. Yeah. It's hilarious. Because <laughs> yeah. they do change course, don't they, if you go off in a different direction. But you need to know which way to go to the, yeah, you know, for it to then change correctly, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Because this one, no way was it going to let me go anywhere except for the M6 yeah. told. It was on commission, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a nice quiet road, though. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Thank you, Fenella. Well, that's great. And the, yeah, these things, these are exactly the sort of things that can happen with sat-navs, aren't they? Thank you for sharing your story. You're very welcome. I'm just going to jump in here to let you know about our Drive Calm journal. We've created a 12-week prompt journal to support our listeners to take action and improve driving confidence. The journal includes questions, prompts and exercises to create an action plan and an opportunity for reflection afterwards. Search Drive Calm on Amazon to take a look. We hope it helps. We put out into a business group that I'm in asking for funny sat-nav stories. And one of the people who came forward was the story was Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. So, Joe, I'm going to hand over to you and ask you to say who you are and what you do and then just go straight into your sat-nav story. Okay. Thanks for having me, Tracy. I'm Joe Mitchell-Hill and I am an ADHD therapeutic parenting coach. So I work with parents who have ADHD themselves or have children who have ADHD. And I work with them using therapeutic parenting strategies to help them create a more harmonious home environment, better, deeper relationships between them and the kids. I've been doing that for, gosh, good few years now absolutely love it and have helped you know quite a few people along the way brilliant thank you so my driving story last year my brother got married in Croatia his wife's Croatian and that time of year you can only fly to certain airports and then you have to drive to wherever you're going which is fine not a problem because I like to drive driving doesn't bother me I'm Australian I grew up in Australia if you want to get anywhere you have to drive so driving doesn't bother me But it was the first time in such a long time that I'd done it solo. My husband had stayed at home. It was just literally myself and my daughter. Like I've driven around the UK with her, but never sort of abroad. And it didn't didn't really worry me in the slightest, if I'm honest with you, other than the fact that I suddenly realised when I got there that all the signs were in Croatian because they would be, they wouldn't be in English. So not a problem. So we drove from Zagreb down to Rijeka, which was, you know, lovely, very straight road. It's a toll road. It's a straight road, not a problem. Everything great. We got there, super, stayed there for the week, had the wedding, and that was great. And we had to go 
home, we sort of left a little bit later and we were driving in the evening, which was probably my first mistake because, yeah, I'm probably the least confident driver, I think, in the evening. I think as I've gotten older, I know you just get older and your eyesight goes, doesn't it? So I plugged the phone in for the sat-nav and, of course, it was just, it was talking to me, but it wasn't showing me anything. So Uh I'm like, oh, that's really helpful. And bless my daughter. She was only eight at the time. And she was like my wing woman. And she's like, it's okay, mummy. She said, I'll hold the the thing. And she's a very nervous car passenger because she'd had a car accident on the way to school. And she'd been quite nervous. So this for her was a big thing. So anyway. So we're driving along. And I thought, this is fine. Once I get on the, the toll road. It's, it's a straight drive to Zagreb. It's like two hours or something. So it's a straight drive and it's not an issue. And we'd booked a hotel for that night because our flight was quite early in the morning. It's driving around, driving around. Remember where I have to get off. And that's great. So I've gotten off. And the sat-nav kept saying to me, turn left here. And I'm like, but there's no road there. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll drive around again. And of course, again, you know, all the signs are in Croatian. And I'm thinking, I have yeah. no idea where I'm going. If I carry on on this road, what country am I going to end up in? I have no <laughs> idea, you know, just that kind of thing. Suddenly, suddenly re- realized I felt really vulnerable, really, really vulnerable. We were kind of skirting around the airport. So we we, we weren't far from where we were because the hotel we were staying at was like five minutes from the airport. And I thought there's got to be a petrol station around here somewhere. Someone's got to, you know, be able to, to help me. And I was trying to be a little bit jovial because my daughter was starting to freak out. She obviously picked up on the fact that I was sort of stressing a little bit and I was like, you know, yeah. singing songs, clapping my hands, being all like that. But I, I was inside, I was like thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because at some point on our drive back, this warning light had flashed up on the car. Again, oh, cool. all, in, all in Croatian. So I had no idea what, what it said. <laughs> and I'm just going, Let's just and it was pelting hard with rain and it was dark. So I'm just thinking, oh, my God. (laughs) So you can imagine, right? So I found like an Aldi's or something. I said, there was a petrol station. So I've I've parked up, I've run in with her. And, you know, you get that nervous energy. And I've said, can anybody tell me where this is? And they all sort of looked at me. The woman at the desk started speaking to me in Croatian. And I was just like, I have no idea what you're saying. And then the two young girls came out from like the store cupboard. And they said, you're literally like five minutes away from this place. Go out, turn left. I'm thinking, bloody left. And I can't find this left street. (laughs) And I said, okay. I said, if you're telling me it's five minutes away, we shall never see each other again because I'll be at the hotel. I said, but if I'm back in for like five, 10 minutes, I said, someone needs to help us because it's getting ridiculous now. And I was also conscious of the fact I hadn't filled the car up because it was a hire car. So I had to fill the car up. I still had like half a tank, so I was fine. So anyway, so I drove out, drove around this. It was like an industrial estate, I guess. And I just said to my daughter, no, nah, can't find it. So I've driven back in. And at this point, I, I have to admit, I was really, really close to tears, like really close yeah. to tears. I thought, I don't know what to do. I actually it was in that much of a panic. I'm usually a very level-headed, very sort of laid-back person. But at this point, I just thought, I don't know what to do. I'm starting to feel unsafe because it's nighttime and it's getting later. My daughter's now starting to panic and I'm not sure. And everything in me, I'm a parenting coach. I say this to parents all the time. You know, we've got to be calm. We've got to be calm. Otherwise, we join in the chaos. And I'm thinking, I'm just joining in that chaos. We're just going to have like, we're tantrums. So anyway, I went back in and there was a woman paying for her fuel. And I said, someone needs to help me. Someone needs to show me where this hotel is. And the woman took the details of where it was. And she said, my husband is outside in the car. 
she said, we'll show you where it is. And I said, well, I thought oh, I could have kissed her. She said, you are literally five minutes away. I'm like, yes, everybody tells me I'm five minutes away from this place. So she then got in her car and I said to her, I'll pay you. I'll give you money. She's like, don't be ridiculous. She said, just get in the car and follow us. So we got in the car and I still wasn't calm at all. And I was just like, oh, please. Like then thinking, then then thinking, because, you know, we've all seen American horror stories and stuff and going, oh, yeah, this is, this is a really clever thing to do, Joe. But again, thinking, no. My whole experience in Croatia to this point, everyone has been lovely. Everyone has been more than helpful and they were brilliant and they took us. I never would have found it. I don't know where this left turn was, but it was this kind of like dog leg turn and then around through uh, like a suburban yeah. thing. And they they sort of stopped and the hotel was there. So I was ever so grateful, ran out, gave her a big hug, said, thank you so much. That's amazing. They drove off and we went into the hotel and I um, I spoke to the lady the manager of the hotel. And I said to her, look, I've got a hired car. I said, but actually I'm so nervous and anxious now. I don't want to drive to the airport tomorrow. I said, but I've got this hired car. I need to get it back to them. Some of the lights flashed up. And at that point, she just went, no, no. And I was like, now I grew up, my dad's family are Polish. So I knew, I knew what was coming. She's like, no. She said, you pay for nothing. She said, you leave this car here. She said, and I will make them take it back. She said, and you will pay for nothing. There will be nothing. There will be no money taken out of your account. They've given you a bad car ride. She was like, oh, one. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I could kiss you as well. So she said to me, I will get you a taxi for free. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just the loveliest country in the world. She said, it is literally five minutes. It's about five minutes again. She said, it's literally five minutes away, the airport. And I said, look, we have to be there so early. I would much rather someone pick us up and take us then have to worry about it yeah so they'd organized this taxi for us like the following morning for free and everything and she said to me don't worry about the car just leave everything here that needs to go back with it so don't worry about the fact that you haven't put fuel in it don't worry about it anything like that she said you will not be charged and she was true to word because here we are a year later no one's ever yeah. charged me for it. No one's ever contacted me about it. So she was, I don't know, she she was obviously very scary to them and, and told them off. But I have to say it was the most, someone must have been smiling at me because we got to that point where I just thought I didn't know what I'm going to do. I, yeah. I keep driving, not sure what country I'm going to end up in. Um, and yeah, and we had these like little, these angels that came and, and saved us. So I guess, you know, check your sat nav is working. That That's probably a good thing to do yeah. um, when you're going, you know, in a foreign country and maybe make sure that, that you can get things in English if, if at all possible, <laughs> so, you know, where you're going or what you're doing. But yeah, it hasn't, I say it hasn't dampened my spirits to drive. I, you know, I still like to drive and I still drive anyway, but there is that little bit of nervousness in me in the, in the back of my mind. I'm just a bit like, oh, do I really want to do this? But I keep going, keep going, keep putting that sat nav in and hope. Yeah. And I've got a friend of mine gave me a, not that I think it works uh, in Europe, but a friend of mine gave me another sat nav to download. And she said, this one's brilliant. She said, this one tells you if there's any problems and it diverts you then around. I'm like, yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. Like, it's that one now. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Cute. so really it sounds as if the moral of the story for you is that being better prepared, that idea of actually rather than just winging it because you feel confident. Yeah. Is yeah. regardless of how confident you feel, to have a look, do your research, know where you can. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But I think also as well, because everyone was just saying to me, Oh, you know how to get back there. And what I didn't think of was what I do at the other end. 
yeah. And yeah, don't don't go in the dark. Go go during the daytime. Yeah. That's better. Go during the daytime when you feel better. But also that thing was people are willing to help as well, aren't they? When you yeah. ask for help. So I think anything like that, finding a shop, finding a petrol station. Certainly, I've done that when I've got lost in Wales. I um I just realised hmm, this village was not on my list of villages I was supposed to be going through. <laughs> taken a wrong turn. And so that's what I did. I just found a local shop parked up went in and asked yeah and yeah. And, and I think for my daughter it was a good exercise of like I guess modeling to her of like you know what you, there's nothing wrong with asking people and actually it's the most sensible thing to do in the situation that we're in but to go to a petrol station or a supermarket and ask someone yeah. you know to places where one there's cctv so everything's captured on cctv and two it's you know it's a public place so it was just yeah it wasn't too late at night thankfully um yeah but yeah it was and and just you know to say to her you know we can get through this we can do this it's it's okay we might be having a slight panic but we're all good you know nothing bad's gonna happen to us so no i but i think being a mum in that situation was I, I reacted completely differently to how I, I think I would have reacted on my own because I was conscious of having, you know, having her there and, and having to look after her. I had to snap myself out of it because I just thought this is going nowhere, nowhere quickly. Yeah. And we're going to miss our flight because I'll still be driving around tomorrow morning trying to find the airport. <laughs> but, of course, now what you've got is a story that you probably reel out and tell people regularly and laugh about now because yeah. once it's over and gone with then it becomes just a great story doesn't it yeah yeah I do sort of tell everyone I mean a friend of mine said to me oh what did you learn from this I was like not to travel at night time and she said to me no not to go anywhere without your husband and I was like why would I want to do that no I said no because it wasn't practical he couldn't come for various reasons I said so I'm not going to not go to things I was like <laughs> that would be incredibly limiting wouldn't it no it that's really, a really would. bad thing it, it really <laughs> would and as I said I'm not you know, I've I've driven all over the world. It doesn't bother me. I'm the one that drives because my husband says I don't like driving on the other side of the road. And I'm like, well, I don't care. I'll just drive wherever. So that's never gonna be for me. But um, yeah, I'm not that sort of person that's gonna be told like can't do it because yeah. you know, you don't not have to do it. No. Yeah. And that probably wasn't the first time you've got lost. You've probably got lost while driving plenty of no. times. And- Potentially, it might not be the last time you get lost either. It's just no. part of driving, isn't it? It is. I mean, I remember very quickly, I remember when I did the first time move to Sydney and I had, this is in the day before sat-navs, I'd been to Sydney once before and I kind of didn't really have an idea where my friend lived. But again, I found myself driving over Sydney Harbour Bridge, driving on the outskirts of Sydney and somehow found her house. I was just like, (laughs) I had a map and I was a bit like, well, I think that's where I've got to go. We'll just give that a go. But, you know, I think these are the adventures, aren't they? These are the things that you just kind of, you go, well, I did it and nothing bad happened to me. And I'm, you know, here to tell the tales and maybe be a cautionary tale or maybe be a tale of, you know, for somebody else. Go, you know, just ask someone. There's always somebody that's willing to, as you said, there's always someone that's willing to help you. There is, definitely. 
Great. Oh, Joe, thank you so much for sharing your story. I hope everybody's enjoyed listening to that and can take from it something to help them as well. So thank Thank you very much. More than welcome. Thank you. So for our final story, we want to welcome on one of our friends, Stuart. And Stuart, I'm going to hand over to you to introduce yourself, to say who you are and what you do. Okay, fantastic. Hello, everyone. My name is Stuart, and I own a driving school in Glasgow, and I own a training company called Bright Coaching, and I'm the head of engagement for the EDINGC. That's that's what I do. Fantastic. Now, Stuart, we're so grateful to you for coming on to share your sat-nav story with us, because we were part of your sat-nav story, which is obviously how we found out about it. So over to you. Tell us about your story. Tracy and Kev, not only were you part of my sat-nav story, you were the cause of my sat-nav story, because (laughs) if it wasn't for you, there would be no story. So the story goes that Kev and Tracy uh, were up in Glasgow, and, you know, we go way back. We've known each other for many years, so as you do, we arranged to kind of meet for dinner in town, and I uh, very, very generously offered to come and pick you up from your hotel, and drive to the restaurant because your hotel was from memory about maybe 25 minutes into Glasgow. So I'm I'm from Glasgow. Glasgow's you know a reasonably sized city. It's quite a large place. I'll get my disclaimers out there right now. And it was dark. I'll get that disclaimer in there as well. I'll, I'll tell the story and then then we can actually talk about you know my excuses. Um, so basically, I I jumped in my car and I had a, you told me where you were staying. And I kind of registered, okay, that's fine. I know what that is. That's not a problem. But every time I jump in my car, I always I always use my sat-nav. Even if I'm going somewhere that I know, um, I always use my sat-nav because one of the things it's very good at is the live updates. It will tell you when a road's blocked or there's just kind of traffic jams because where I live, regularly diversions in place and, and things like that. So it was a Saturday night. The roads were quieter than usual. And I was following the sat-nav. And after I'd been driving, I live in the, the south side of the city. I live next to Hamden Park, for those who know Glasgow, quite close to there. And Tracy and Kev were staying north of the river on the very kind of far west end of the city. The Wild West is, is, is sometimes referred to up here. <laughs> um, and that's that's where I roughly knew I was heading to. But as I'm driving, I'm thinking about lots of other things because I've been working that day. And I started thinking to myself, this is taking me a way that I've never been before. I don't I don't know this way. This is not the way I would have went if I hadn't put the sat-nav on. So then you have this, this is the first thing, isn't it? Is the sat-nav right or is the sat-nav wrong? And this usually happens when you're on a motorway and it wants to take you off because it's registered a tail back up ahead. And because I hadn't registered, I'd probably registered quite late because I was distracted, I was thinking about other things. I kind of thought that I've kind of went this far. I'll just trust it now rather than doubling back, which would have taken longer. It's possible that I was already running a little bit late in coming to get you. (laughs) Possible. But we'll never know because I can't remember that far back. And then the further I went, as I said, when we talk about south side in Glasgow, what we mean by that is south of the river, the River Clyde. So I know that at some point I need to cross the River Clyde. And I'm thinking, what bridge is it taking me to? Is there a bridge that I don't know about between here and the Erskine Bridge, which is basically out at Loch Lomond? These, these are the bridges that I'm thinking about in my head. 
No, there must there must be something because I can see now in the map it's showing you a way across the river. You can actually see a way across the river, and I trusted the sat nav. So there must be something that I did not know about a bridge that I did not know about because it's not my most familiar side of the city. But no, there was no bridge. <laughs> and what, what was there, Stuart? Are you going to use this image on 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 the show notes? I will put the image on. Okay, the the, yeah. the sat nav the sat nav had taken me to the location of the Renfrew ferry, and the Renfrew ferry. I was going to say for those who don't know Glasgow, that's that just for those who didn't know because I'm from Glasgow and I didn't know. The Renfrew ferry is a passenger ferry. It's about the size of my car. <laughs> it's about the size of my car. And it only runs between nine and five or eight and six. It only runs between eight and six. And as you know, this is like quarter past eight at night. I'm coming to try and pick you up for an 8.30 reservation or whatever it is. Um, so I then had to pull over and phone you and say, listen, sorry, guys. We've got this reservation. I'm going to be late. And it's a busy restaurant. We've got we've got this reservation for this time because for me to get to the Renfrew ferry, I'm now out west on the south on the wrong side of the river, and for me to get back to a bridge, I need to go either to Loch Lomond or I need to come back into town, which is a 25 minute drive, and then go 25 minutes west on the north. So it's going to take me an hour to get to you, yeah. and 25 minutes back in. We're going to be an hour and a half late for dinner. So we had to just say, listen, you guys are going to have to jump a taxi and I will get there. You'll probably be there before me because I'm lost in my own city. <laughs> um, and and that's that's my sat-nav story. But it's, as we were talking about, it's it's far more than a sat-nav story. It's far more than a sat-nav story. I just love the story, Stuart. I just love it. Okay. It's, you know, it's, um, I, I love hearing it often. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I got that. I got that. Yeah, yeah. Always here to help. But I was thinking about this before I come on today about what we we're going to talk about, and I, I, I figured out what my first main issue was, and it's probably on the GDA matrix under something, but I can't think what it would be under. But it was actually just a little bit of over familiarity that I'm not going to get lost. Kevin Tracy are up from Leighton Buzzard in Glasgow. <laughs> I'm not going to be the one who gets lost. I know where they are. Yeah, so I, I don't need to do any route planning or anything like that. And the second thing that contributed to it was I knew that you were staying in a hotel next to a hospital out towards the west and north of the city. And there is another hotel and hospital to the west of the city, not as far west as you guys were, that I probably confused that somewhere in my mind. I would have gone through the Clyde Tunnel to get to that. So that kind of over-familiarity, a little bit of um, confusion, not, not, not even confusion, I just didn't give it enough thought as to where exactly you were staying. That was that was kind of a vital thing as well. And then all the kind of more general things came in that I was probably rushing a bit because I was late. I was distracted because it had been a busy day at work. All these things are going on in my head and... Yeah, so interesting from a, you know, this, this this is what we do for a living, guys. And it's just so interesting that I was that guy. I was that guy. And it's that thought of, I don't need to worry about that because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get in the car a certain time, put the sat-nav on, 
and off I go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, all that over familiarity and all that kind of stuff. And I'm from Glasgow, and these guys are the tourists. I st- even with all that, I've also got my sat nav as backup, and it all it all failed. It all failed me. So I guess the other thing to add into that is, um, in terms of what you guys do with confident drivers, I remember the point or the, the, the approaching point of, I was going to say no return, but the, the point of inevitable return where I had to backtrack. <laughs> um, I remember starting to tense up and that, that feeling in my stomach that I was going to be late because I really don't like being late. I'm always there you know, 15 minutes early, earlier than I need to be. And I was anxious about the fact that, A, I was going to be late picking you guys up and I could picture you guys standing outside the hotel waiting for me. But I was also anxious about being late for the reservation at the restaurant. So I, I really don't like being that guy. I, mean, I used to work in hospitality, maybe it's that. And I, I could just, I was really aware of that sensation. And then that affects your decision making as well. I was super conscious of that. The further away I got from the bridge that I, that I should have been aiming for. Yeah, definitely. And, and that is the truth for everybody, isn't it? When you have that dawning moment of realisation and then the, the what-if thoughts start and then those, you know, that fight-flight-freeze, those feelings, the natural feelings that we all experience. So, yeah. And, and then just to build on that anxiety kind of thing, we did, I, I did get to the restaurant and you guys did get to the restaurant and we met and we had a lovely meal and none of it mattered. None of it mattered. So all that stuff that's flying through my head about, oh no, they're going to think I'm an idiot. Oh no, the restaurant's going to be furious. All that stuff didn't matter. We got there maybe five, 10 minutes late or whatever, but in, in the grand scheme of things, it did not matter. Whereas maybe, uh, and this is where I'm hopefully going to redeem myself a little bit, maybe a less experienced driver would have been starting to pick up the speed and break the speed limit and starting to do more dangerous things to alleviate that anxiety so that they didn't, they weren't late and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, just so many interesting things from such a small story that is relevant to the way that we train people, the way that we train PDIs and ADIs, but also learner drivers. Yeah, really, really valuable lesson for me anyway. I think it's also full license holders as well. We do in our training about the, the sat-nav says you're going to get there at 10 past nine, but you've got a reservation at nine. You don't like being late. What are you going to do? Yeah. That side of things, isn't it, comes in and it's like, are you tempted? Yeah. So, to- so working out in your head. So if I drive at 175 miles an hour, that will chalk <laughs> seven minutes off the journey time. <laughs> yeah. will, I, will I get away with that? <laughs> and that is the that's the consequences that people deal with, isn't it? And that's what happens. And trying to teach those those coping strategies of what can you do in that situation. But yeah, yeah, and it was a lovely meal as well. So it was, it was. a good. It was, it's a very good restaurant. Very, yeah. And so, of course, for us, the reason we were so keen for you to share the story is one because we've started this whole episode. The very first story was a fairy story as yeah. well. So it it's it's nice for us to finish off with a fairy story at the end. <laughs> Even though it was a passenger ferry. Yes, it, yeah, it's very fine. different ferries. <laughs> but also it's that thing for us is that this really can happen to anybody and it's not a reason. I mean, you've continued using your sat-nav since, since this happened, clearly. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the sat-nav is part of everyday driving for me. And I I know that it's not always right as well. That That's kind of an important fact. You, you get to know your sat-nav, don't you? And you kind of know when you trust it and when you don't and all that kind of stuff. So on that note, thank you very much for sharing your story, Stuart. You're very welcome. Thank, thank you. So... Just to finish off this podcast episode, I would just like to thank everybody who's taken the time out of their day to participate. Yeah, I mean, it's a real compilation of different stories. And, we, yeah, we're so grateful to people for sharing those stories with us. Yeah, and normally sat-nav stories are, you know, a bit funny as well, but they have a serious connotation to them, don't they? Potential things that have happened. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea here of, of asking people to share their stories wasn't so that we can highlight mistakes or to to laugh at people in any way. It really was to demonstrate that these things can happen to anybody. Now, when I think about us and our road trips, <laughs> oh my goodness, Kev, we have been on so many what we term our magical mystery, mystery. tours. <laughs> well, yeah, because I just put the sat nav on. Yeah. You know, if it's somewhere I don't know, I know I genuinely know the the first half of it. And there might be a sat nav is for if there's road clothes, road works or whatever traffic. Um but the second half is normally somewhere where we just 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 follow it really. Yeah. And then we look at it and we go, Yeah, go on then. It's gonna take us two minutes shorter. And we end up in some weird and wonderful yeah, roads. Well, you you do. My my preference is if it's gonna if it's gonna save us less than ten minutes, let's yeah. not bother. Let's stay on the main road because um, through experience, yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? With me, I just go, come on, let's just follow it and just see where it ends up. An adventurer, <laughs> an explorer, I like to call it. But regardless of. When it takes you off the wrong way, we know, we know that we can't always 100% trust the sat-nav. We know that we need to look at road signs and everything else as well, don't we? And I think that is the the, the story behind this is sat-navs are a fantastic addition to help people. Yeah. But don't rely on them. You know, you still need to look at road signs, road markings, that side of things. Also, don't trust it's going to take you the most direct route. And it may be that you think, yeah, no, I'm not turning there. I'll just carry on because it's it's what makes you feel more comfortable. The sat-nav will still get you back to that position where you want to be. And not to let it put you off. No, you carry on using it because it's a it's an addition. It's a, something there to help you. Yeah. So, yeah, use it wherever it takes you. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope that you found that episode entertaining, interesting. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it with everybody who came on and helped us out with it. And yes, we hope it resonated with you in some way. But maybe you've got a story that you'd like to share with us, then all of our contact details are in the show notes as always. And so that leaves us to say is until next time have a great day whatever you're doing thank you for listening find out about the different ways that you can work with us on our website www.confidentdrivers.co.uk and begin to transform the way you feel about driving 